I know we joke about this every week, but I do feel like the Big Ten is, you know, better than ever or uh, more more robust oh, than boy. ever. I mean, you got Penn State is uh, ranked like ninth now. Michigan's ranked like 13th. Michigan State should be way improved. I mean, Minnesota should still be good. Wisconsin should still be good. Nebraska is there. Oh, Iowa is on there. <laughs> Iowa's on every other year where they should be good. Did you say Nebraska is there? Nebraska is there is is Nebraska is, not is, a ring Nebraska is also there. <laughs> All right, I'm ready to start the podcast. You guys ready? All right. Welcome, folks, to the Week 5 Take the Points College Football Podcast. Tom Zaleznak in Hartford, Connecticut, or thereabouts. And I'm live via Zoom with Dan Partridge and Ryan Spillett from Phoenix, Arizona. Gentlemen, I would like to talk about the um, battle for Arizona uh, with uh, Brock Purdy beating out Spencer Rattler last week. But first, I've got some hot breaking news uh, that is sad breaking news. Um, Bobby Bowden, age 90, has come down with COVID. Not good. No. There's a Florida State joke in here somewhere, but I'm not going to make it. Uh, we're going to wish him Nothing the best. but respect for our president. Yeah, because he was apparently the high point ever for, for, for Florida State because they ain't coming back as a program. Um, I don't know, Good Dan. I think if, if Taggart just got like two more years. Jacksonville State plus 26, never in doubt. Yeah, you texted us. You're like, I want a Jacksonville State money line, but it's not even available. I didn't I even pissed. have I didn't even have it on the board. Like that entire game was off the board. I'm going to write my senator and be like, listen, all Florida State games need to be on the board going forward. Like there's nothing that's out of hand. Easiest money of the weekend, hands down. Yeah, I mean, but, if anything's uh, going to be off the board for them, it should be like this week against Notre Dame because that one's not even fair. Also true, which we'll talk about for sure. But but anyway, uh, you know, pr- prayers up for Bobby Bowden. I hope he makes a speedy recovery. And now uh, I throw it to you guys for um, Iowa State, Oklahoma recap and, you know, any other games you want to talk about from week four. Sure. Um, Oklahoma is not as elite as they have been the past couple of years. Um, they've lost a ton of players to the NFL recently. Um, you know, it's the same old story. They, 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 have, they, they can score, but they just cannot stop anybody. And, you know, in the second half, Iowa State just kept marching up and down the field and scoring, and that's it. Um, I'd also like to say the same for the Texas Longhorns, probably in the same boat. This is the same old story for Texas. We hear about recruits and X, Y, and Z and new defensive guy from Ohio State and the best recruiting class, but they give up 30, 40, 50, 60 every week now. Uh, that's just not good enough. It's not good enough to even compete, you know, for uh, a national championship. It's, it's not even close. Um, other stuff from last week, Mississippi State. Well, there's that. Um, Mississippi State lost to Arkansas. Arkansas actually um, changed how to cover Mississippi State. Uh, LSU played man coverage and got roasted. Arkansas played zone. One thing we forgot to mention, the new LSU defensive coordinator, 
Bo Pelini was involved week one. If we, we should have talked about this and bet all of our money on the over and made no more bets for the entire week. And that would have been a lock of the year. Dude, I feel like I feel personally responsible for that oversight. We should have been, if nothing else, we should have talked about it. Like we just let that one slide. You know, so much has happened with this coronavirus and this crazy year that we, that we forgot about that. Oh yeah. And leech. I mean, I'll let you guys get back to it, but leech, I felt like, like the girlfriend in one of those movies where I'm like, it was like, you told me you changed, but no, it's like, it's same old Mike leech. We should have known. Yeah. You beat a great team and then you come back the following week and you lose to uh, a bunch of losers like Arkansas. That's correct. Um, and um, that's pretty much it. Looking forward to getting all the teams here back. I see some Pac-12 schedules. I see some Mountain West schedules. I see a lot of action in the month of November. My God, There's, it's going to be really fun. So, um yeah, Ryan, you got anything else to uh, add to week whatever, four recap, whatever that was, five? I don't know. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, two things that I, I want to mention. One is <clears throat> Brock Purdy might have tarmacked Spencer Rattler right out of Norman. I, I'm, I'm serious. No way, He might have no tarmacked him out of Norman. Rattler's going to lose his job, and we know that if a superstar freshman no. loses his job, He's going to transfer. I think Brock Purdy just pulled it out and showed it to him and said, you can't compete, bro. And Rattler's going to bounce. I'm calling it here on take the points. Rattler's going to lose his job in the next two to three games. And then you're going to hear that he's going to transfer. No way. He's like 17 years old. You got to give him a chance. We're used to such uh, high, high standards at Oklahoma that just having like a very good quarterback seems like it's horrible, but he's still a freshman who's extremely good. I exactly. And if he loses his jobs, his people are going to tell him you you shouldn't have lost your job. You know, you're still better. This team around you is trash. You should just go somewhere else. And he's going to end up going to like USC, like a whole pile of dudes do. And <clears throat> we'll see what happens. But I think Brock Purdy straight up tarmacked him. So uh, that's my biggest takeaway of the weekend. Half take. So I, I don't agree with this at all, but if you're, um, you know, a freshman phenom and you get bounced from Oklahoma, there's only one place you should go for payback, a school with a uh, senior quarterback who's about to depart with a lot of weapons. UT baby. Okay. That's what, an option. It's the only possible payback. It's fair. I'll take it. Uh, and then the only other thing from last week for me is uh, it's it's the Zach Wilson show, bro. Yes. Like, he's, he's the truth. He's a college football legend in the making. Like, he just does not throw incompletions. And they're super fun to watch. And BYU's not going to lose a game this year. So it's going to be interesting. Because when they're going to beat Boise, and when they beat Boise, they're going to end up being like 10th in the country, 12th in the country, and some decisions are going to have to be made because they're going to run the table. They're really good. I think right now they're legitimately a top five team. And I saw, I, I wish I remembered whose joke this was so I could credit them, but somebody said that um, it's going to be funny 
when the playoff committee is selecting teams and Notre Dame complains that BYU shouldn't get in because they don't have a conference championship. Yes. Can't wait for that to happen. Yeah. Well said. So that's going to be really good. And with the, you know, the big 12 essentially like looking like they're playing themselves right out of the playoff and the pac 12, I don't even think really is, has a schedule where any team could qualify BYU. If there's ever a year to sneak in, I think this might be it, but of course they got a long way to go, but yeah, you see Zach Wilson, I mean, injured last year and they're terrible. He comes back, not a ton else has changed and instantly they're an amazing team. So, um, just an amazing impact by him. A long line of great BYU quarterbacks, of course. That's right. So that's that's the two big takeaways for me this weekend. All right. Uh, I want to do the lines in a second, but first I want to show you guys something and get your reaction. Uh, I want to show you how committed I am to the Take the Points podcast and how seriously I take uh, the wisdom and counsel of the two of you. Um, so one of you filibuster for a second while I grab something. I'll filibuster. Okay, so here's the deal. No, that was the Jim Carrey. The, the uh, Jim Carrey SNL Joe Biden was the best thing of the weekend. Um, that's two Jim Carrey references already and take the points. We haven't talked about Ace. That's three. Um, no, that, that, that was great. Uh, let's see what else. We got baseball playoffs on. And NBA Finals, very strange time. Very strange time to be alive. Yeah, you guys like basketball. Give me a finals pick very quickly. Or just an assessment of the bubble season overall. Lakers in five. Bubble's been awesome. Anything we could take forward? I mean, I assume they're not going to play in a bubble the rest of the time, but is there anything else that was you thought was really noteworthy about this season that maybe yes. they could uh, continue? Here's the most noteworthy thing from this entire NBA season and bubble. It has convinced me 1,000% that Adam Silver should be the president in 2024. That guy is so freaking good at what he does, and he's just super smart, super calculated. The guy gets the things done like former lawyer. Like The guy's a brilliant guy, and I think that's – Honestly, like outside of like the play, which has been great, my biggest takeaway is like I'm convinced that guy should absolutely 100% run for president. I've actually been thinking about that. And like the only way I think we're going to semi re, you know, unite the country, so to speak, is we have to have a new president who's kind of like totally outside the realm of either party or anything. Someone like, you know, we have one now that's like, well, well, not well. Careful. I'm talking like The Rock or like Mark Cuban or Adam Silver, you know, something like that, I think is that's, that's what our we only have show. now. It's just the liberal version, Tom. That's exactly what we have now. Literally the same. All right. Well, let's move what on then. Is, so you're looking Go for on. a left celebrity with more credibility. No, no, no. I'm looking for someone who wasn't even part of the political landscape. Who's not, Once who doesn't again, even have an have ideology. Also, yet again. All right. Again. All right. <laughs> Let's go with Adam Silver then. All right. Moving on to something more important. Can you guys recall what we talked about in our first episode? First segment of the first episode of the season. No, no idea. Maybe this will jar your memory. Oh, yes. For those people who have no video, which is all of you. This is the X-Files. I want to believe poster, which looks very bright and shiny. 
you might want to like hold that out the window and drive a couple miles and get a little wear on that. But this thing's no, nice. I mean, it's not great. like a paper. I just got this off Amazon. It just just uh, fresh in the mail today. Uh, new. But it is like it's I don't know. It's almost like a canvas material. Like it's it's small, so the whole thing will fit on screen. This is good. I gotta. I don't know if I'm ambitious enough to get this up for my work team meeting. You know, at nine in the morning, but. This is going to be up by uh, the next Take the Points for sure. I'm very proud of you, Tom. That's Excellent. that's Great step work. one. We've you know we've promised some more, so we'll keep working on that. So proud of you. Well done. All right, Dan. Let's do some lines. Oh yeah, it's about time. Been working hard. Okay, here we go. College football week six allegedly. We're going to start off in the SEC. We're going right at it, Tom. Mississippi State travels to Kentucky. Kentucky's laying two, two and a half, three, depending on what book you're at. Total, 58 and a half. Uh, you've been watching some SEC, Tom. Go ahead. Yeah, I need, I need a warm-up until the Big Ten comes back. Um, this is a game that I think you'd all be best advised to stay away from. Like, literally anything could happen in this game, uh, I think – um, knowing Mike Leach and using my gut instinct on seeing him that he'll probably bounce back and win this game. But I don't know. I, I feel like there's, um, it, it's scary to take either of these teams in this spot, but maybe you guys have a more well-formed opinion. You know, what's scary, Tom, being a referee during COVID and having red faced lunatic stoops, with no mask on, screaming in your face, and I could literally see the spit leaving his mouth at the referee. Uh, that happened. And the reason it happened is because a Kentucky player got hurt. And instead of tending to his player, which is the reason a coach goes on the field, he used that opportunity to go berate officials, all of them individually, one at a time, with no mask on. Uh, so for that reason, I'm taking Mike Leach. There's a Stoops involved. This is the good, <laughs> it's the good Stoops. He's now known as Red Face to Stoops from now on. The head coach of Kentucky is coach Red Face Stoops. There's like, there's, you oh, know, it's fun. never, it's never good to get COVID, but there are like worse ways to get it. You know, you don't want on top of the deadly disease, you don't want the embarrassment of saying you got it you know, going to like, I don't know, trying to sneak into a Britney Spears concert or some unauthorized thing. I think, yeah. you know, having a stoop scream in your face is not the way you want to get it. You know, you want to get it on the front lines. This is yeah. one of the worst ways you could get it. I will take the over in this game of 58 and a half. We don't know if Mississippi State has any defense whatsoever. They still gave up 34 to an LSU offense that we don't know if they're any good or not. And then last week, they up to 21 to Arkansas. 21 for Arkansas is like 75 points uh, conversion to most teams. So maybe Kentucky scores 40. Mississippi State might score in the 30s. It's only 58 and a half. I like the over in this game. Plus, it's a night game, too. So that'll be fun. Kentucky, I mean, Kentucky, I think we know is pretty solid. I think we know where they stand. I just don't know anything about Mississippi State. All right. Moving on, huge game. Duke Blue Devils at the Syracuse Orange. Your Duke Blue Devils football team 
is laying two and a half points with a total of 49. Once again, Tom, this is your wheelhouse. I'm going to kick it to you. Well, uh, haven't you guys heard SU's good now? Oh, really? Uh, they won a game. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't every year I adopt an ACC team, you know, never Clemson or anything, but I, I always usually go for someone who's like at the bottom of the ACC, but having a playing a little above their heads. And it was been Duke a couple years. I think it was wake forest one year. I think I took Georgia tech one year. So, uh, I, I mean, of course we were leaning toward Pitt, but now I'm reconsidering. I, I'm going to decide I'm going to say in the next two weeks, but I haven't decided yet. So I'm not on the Duke train or the Duke. Um, what would be like a, a rich person's version of a train? I'm not, I'm not on like the Duke private plane yet. Um, Duke yacht. The yacht. You, you were not on I'm not, the yacht. Yeah, I'm yet. not on the Duke yacht yet. And I don't know if I'm going to be on the Duke yacht this season. I don't feel like they're as good as they've been in previous years. Um, I don't know, man. I'll take the cues. I'll jump in here. This, this is something that you, you rarely hear out of my mouth on take the points. I like Syracuse here. Syracuse as an underdog of two and a half points that tells you both teams are exactly the same. Just like you saw in the Syracuse Georgia tech game. I think the home team is going to come out victorious. Any way you play that game. I think Georgia tech beats them in Georgia. And I think Syracuse beats them in Syracuse, New York. Same thing in this game. I think if Syracuse went to Duke, Duke wins. And I think since it's in Syracuse, Syracuse wins. So Syracuse money line, going to throw that in a parlay for sure. They've, uh, they've renovated the roof of the dome. Ryan's shaking his head. So I'm just going to fill it. Yeah, I got nothing to say. Big, big news fellas from our hometown. They've, uh, they're renovating the roof of the dome instead of being supported by air. There are now going to be some, uh, you know, beams of some sort that support it. Meaning that when you when fans try to exit the carrier dome, there's no longer going to be that suction of wind that goes back in and like blows everybody backwards and stops everybody from leaving. Which is why it Let's, took it took me like 90 minutes to leave a Paul McCartney concert because nobody could make it through the wind. Uh, all right, uh, moving on. Pit Panthers who got screwed last week at BC. Pit lane six, an NFL esque total of forty three. So, I'll start this one. <laughs> Lay it with Pitt. They're coming back for vengeance. They're going to win by three touchdowns and put BC in their place. They're going to do it for TCZ. They're going to do it for the good people of Pittsburgh. Lay it. Uh yeah. Same. Pitt bounces back in a big way. Beat down. So Pitt, unfortunately, has lost a game and ruined their undefeated season. But I'll tell you who is undefeated is my son. Ever since you dubbed him a Pitt fan three weeks ago, he is officially, this is a kid who normally takes like a 40 minute nap. Like he's not a big napper. He has slept through every minute of every Pitt game. Like three hour naps, we're talking. It's like four times his normal nap. We put on the pit game and he is just out. So we have found the best uh, sleep aid of all time for children. That's Pit Panthers football. I got to keep He gets one look at Pat Narduzzi and he just passes out. There's just, there's nothing you can do. When you you lock eyes with with Nard Dog. Yeah, I was going to say, my son's first words were Nard Dog. 
<laughs> that should be like the name of the of, of this episode, by the way. Anyway, how, how can you go against Pitt? Keep rolling with them. Excellent. All right, we're gonna keep going here. Oh, okay. Here we go. UConn, who's on, um, who's off last week on a bye, travels to UMass. UConn lands six and a half. Tom, this is your area. Sure. Uh, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people talk about the Red River rivalry as the greatest, you know, rivalry of early football season. But um, with both of those teams having, you know, one or two loss, I would say don't overlook the undefeated Minutemen versus the undefeated Huskies. This game is going to be high flying barn burner. Both teams have great wide receivers, undersized corners, unfortunately, who I don't think can cover them. And even though UConn generally throws about four passes a game last season, I think they're going to light it up. I'm saying UConn, um, you know, whoever has the ball last is the team that wins. Uh, UConn, 61, UMass, 58. Take the over. I agree with that over. You know, UMass, awful defense. UConn, up-and-coming offense. You know, I'm thinking over. Ryan? Pass. Pass. Doesn't have anything on that. Okay, next game. Vatek at UNC. UNC laying a shady five, five and a half points. Is Virginia Tech any good? Has anyone watched them play yet? I, I do not have any answers. Tom, you got anything? I have. Uh, two weeks ago, they looked great. They had uh, 23 players out with COVID, and they still absolutely dominated that game. Um. Last week was a little bit closer, um, but they still won. They're undefeated. I actually was thinking that these two teams might, one of them might end up being my um, adopted ACC team. So these are two uh, promising teams, two teams that I think are most on the upswing along with Miami in the conference. And so I'd stay away, but this is actually a surprisingly really good game. I guess in this situation, you just take the points when I feel like these teams are pretty evenly matched and it could go either way. So just, uh, you know, the show's named for one simple reason. When, when in doubt, we take the points. I agree. Take the points in this game for sure. Vatek is, is pretty good. That makes three of us in agreement. Too close to call. I'm not laying points in college football. All right. Moving on, we're going to go the Red River rivalry, not the game of the week. We have three combined losses here already. Oklahoma, first Texas, Jerry Dome, Oklahoma minus two, total 72 and a half. Uh, I'll take this one. You're going to want to put money on the over and then just have some fun because both defenses are terrible. Both offenses can score. It's still a rivalry game. Oklahoma knows they can't lose three games in a row or else they're historically awful. Texas still thinks that if they can win their conference, they can make the playoffs. Like Ellinger's trying to trying to pull a Tim Tebow, but it's not really looking so good. Um, I like the over. It opened um, two points lower, and I don't care. I think it's going up to 75. Get it now today, Monday at 72 and a half. Yeah, totally agree. This is this is a pick 'em game. Just take the over. You can make this eighty-two and a half, and I probably still think about the over. All right, I, I made a promise. I, I made a promise. I'm staying out of this region of the country. So, um, 
Oh, even I'm though it, I know, even though it's a big game, like I, I'm not following this league and I'm probably not going to. So, okay. Thanks. Then moving on then. Alabama. First, first, sorry, Alabama at Mississippi. Nick at Lane. Nick in company Lane 24, total 74 and a half. How many times will Alabama actually punt the football in this game, Tom? I think it'll be three. Ooh. Um, but two of them will be in, um, I guess, what we would call garbage time, fourth quarter. Nope. The answer is under one and a half. <sighs> That's the answer. Mississippi has the worst defense uh, in the conference. Um, Alabama looks pretty good on offense. I'll be looking at Alabama team total for sure in this game and having some fun with that. Uh, but still, until further notice, lay it with Alabama. They, they should crush this Ole Miss team. Ole Miss is in transition for sure. What did Kentucky rush for last week? Was it 480, 490? I think they ran for 480 or 490 yards against Ole Miss. That's Kentucky. All right. Najee Harris is the best running back in the country. What's he going to do to this team? It's going to be great. Lane's already trying to, like, talk up Saban as much as he can, talk about how great Alabama is. They're unbeatable and all this. Like, he knows. He's laying the groundwork now. It's going to get ugly, but he's going to have some crazy trick plays. So. I like the over and I like Alabama lane was around the program long enough to know, to not like poke the bear ahead of the game. And yeah, pop probably laying some groundwork for when they lose by 31 to be like, Hey, that's the best team in the country. What are you going to do? You know, we'll get them next week at uh, Vanderbilt or whatever. Um, the, I would do want to say one thing, which is the reason that I picked them to have three punts. Um, Alabama has been uh, fucking around a little bit. We talked about Alabama should just be running and pounding the ball. I saw um, last week, especially in the first half, way too much like rolling out and throwing with Mac Jones. Like I know they ended up winning by a large margin, and I don't know if they're just trying to like practice different plays early in the season against these teams they know they're going to win. And I think Ole Miss's defense is bad where they'll get away with that stuff, but I hope they um, get that out of their system before they go into play, say, Georgia in a couple weeks because – um, their strength is Najee and the like ground and pound game. And I don't want to see them like trying to call all these fancy rollouts and things like that, that are going to hurt them in the long run. So this game, I mean, you know, this game isn't much of a contest, but Alabama needs to, um, I, I guess, tighten up their play calling before they hit Georgia. Accurate. All right. SEC lightning round, South Carolina at Vanderbilt. South Carolina minus 13. Anyway, you can take Vandy here? No. No, I I actually, I feel uh, hesitant to even say it, but I kind of like South Carolina as much as one can like a must champ coach team. Vandy's terrible. All right, moving on. Another lightning round. Missouri at LSU. LSU minus 20 and a half. Z? Uh, I love it. One of my favorite bets of the day. LSU is going to absolutely roll them. Okay. Totally agree. LSU, lay it. And the third lightning round, uh, uh, SEC, Auburn 
at home, minus 16 and a half against Arkansas. Bounce back game. Bo Nix, get it together. Let's go. Very difficult for me. My gut instinct is to take the team that's 2-0 and against the spread and actually has a win last week and take Arkansas in the points. But I, I'm like, I'm shell-shocked from so many years that it's so hard to take Arkansas, but I feel like it's the right pick. Might be a stay away. Uh, Over-under for this game is 49. It's dropped 11 points already. It was 60 and a half. And then they saw what Auburn and Arkansas have done on offense and went down to 49. And I think that's still too high. So, um, wow. Whoever has that under 60 and a half ticket looking, looking good. Yeah, that's um, this is a 20 to 17 game. Okay. Um, Florida at A&M. Florida. Minus six and a half. Could you guys um, take this? I have a Jimbo quote that I need to uh, share with you guys. Go, go ahead and talk about this one. Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and um, pat myself on the back. Say that uh, I was correct. Jimbo's a total fraud. Saban exposed him and spanked him just like uh, I said he would. And it's going to happen here again. I like Florida. It's under a touchdown. I know it's a road game and it's a tough place to go. I still like Florida in this spot. And I kind of like the over 59 too. It opened to 54 and a half and shot up to 59 in a day. Uh, and I kind of like that. So get that in early. If you can get that under 60, that's really good. So uh, of this game, my favorite bet here is the over, like you said, for reasons you just said, um, both of these teams can score. Even A&M can put up some points. They just, you know, give up far more than they put up. Um, I, you know, I like Florida. We both picked them as a surprise team to win the East, which is, you know, might want to reconsider that one, but they're still looking very good. You know, a top five team. I'm concerned that they're going to be the team that goes like seven and one, but but only covers, you know, goes two and six against the spread. So um, I think under a touchdown, I would lean Florida, but um, lower confidence. I think the over is a better pick. I actually like Florida. Jimbo's an idiot. Uh, there, there was a quote. I can't find it, but they asked him like, Hey, like it was, it was this week after the Alabama loss. They, they asked him and said, um, how is the, program overall right now at Texas A&M. And it was, you know, someone tried to get an honest answer out of him. And he said, well, a game like Alabama, we used to be scared to play those guys, but now we aren't scared to play them anymore. And we, and we have skill guys all over the field. And yeah, I'm like, what? What kind of bullshit answer was that? I read that today and was like angry. He's a fraud. Florida's good. The guy, uh, what the hell is the guy in Florida's catching all the touchdown passes? The tight end? Hits. My God. Can't be stopped. Lay the six and a half. He'll score two alone. Fuck Jimbo. All right. Another big SEC game coming up. Tennessee at Georgia. Not the game of the week, Tom. Tennessee at Georgia. Georgia laying 13 at home. Total 44 and a half. This is a big game right here. This is the biggest game for Tennessee in about four or five years, probably, before they knew it was over and they had to rebuild. We got a coach who can get officially off the 
off the tarmac, out of the airport. If Tennessee wins this game, he is removed from the tarmac for multiple years. Um, oh, he'll get Kansas like he'll get an eight-year one, you know, hundred million dollar extension. It's actually true. <clears throat> what do you think, Tom? You start this one off. What's the line on this one? Thirteen. Thirteen. Thirteen big ones. All right. I um I texted our friend Jesus Melverdes asking for him to um you know I knew he couldn't come on tonight's show, but I was like text us you know your quick pick as a you know diehard Tennessee fan. I wanted to get his thoughts. And uh, he has not responded probably, (laughs) probably because of, you know, kids or work or something, but I'm just going to assume it's because he's too afraid. Um, Georgia's defense is looking like the best defense in the entire country. Their offense, you know, they make some plays, they score just enough, but like, I don't think Tennessee is getting more than 10, maybe 13 points in this. You know, you guys tell me which Tennessee playmakers do you think are going to burn that Georgia defense name, name your three favorite Tennessee playmakers who you think will get past Georgia into the end zone. Jimmy Guantanamo Bay, peerless price. Uh, who was the running back went to jail for selling all the drugs? Travis Henry. Well, no, he was child support payments. And didn't go there. Jamal a, Lewis. There it is. Jamal Lewis. Won Super Bowl and, and then did time. So Jamal Lewis, Peerless Price, and Jimmy Guantanamo Bay. Unfortunately, only one of those three is playing on Saturday. I don't care. I I, I will not believe Georgia's any good for some reason over the next three. Like, I haven't been able to do it the past three years, and I, I'm not doing it still. I'll take Tennessee plus 13 and go down with the ship. Stetson Barrett the fourth keeps getting better. It's going to be uh, Georgia 31, Tennessee 10. Okay, uh, I'm going to be the tiebreak, and I can't believe I'm going to say this. I think Tennessee covers. Georgia wins, but I think Tennessee's going to cover. And I'm also going to say I like under 44 and a half. I think this has an opportunity to be like 23-13, 23-17, 19 12, like a weird SEC. Someone's going to have a weird score in this game. That's my prediction. Someone's going to have a really odd number. All right. We will wait and see. I'll be the lone Georgia fan here. All right. A couple more games to get to before we talk about the game of the week here. Uh, Kansas State at TCU. TCU minus eight and a half. Congratulations to the coach of Kansas State who's been in Oklahoma for two years in a row, and they rewarded him with a five-year extension. Dude from, what, North Dakota State or whatever? Yeah. That was a, such a smart hire for a sm- small market. Um, TCU looked pretty good against Texas. Their quarterback looked good. They, everyone keeps raving about this guy, saying they actually finally got a quarterback for the first time in five years. So Patterson's really good. Watch out. I'm not sure, but I think these two teams can both score points. That total open way the hell too low at 46 and a half. It's still 53. That's too too low still. This is still the big 12. Both teams can score. I'll take over 53. I have no feel for this game. This is total stay away from me. I need to watch this game and see if either of these teams is real or if they're actually frauds, which 
was my initial thought. She's got nothing. I love it. This, right. this is going to be one of those games where I turn it on and I can't tell which team's which for like three minutes. That's fine. I'm like, which All one's right, the uh, silver and purple and which one's the purple and silver? It's kind of hard to say. All right. Well, this next one uh, had a line that was available, but it is now off the books. We, we will get back to it all in our minds, but for right now, Notre Dame minus 21 against Florida State. Yes, 21 against Florida State. Uh, total 52. So here's the deal. Notre Dame has had some COVID issues. They haven't played in a couple weeks. They didn't look great when they played the first time. They lost a lot of playmakers. We're not sure if Ian Book's any good. They still got that asshole of a coach running around. But, but Florida State's the other team. And since they can't play any sort of football, probably not in the state of Indiana in October, lay the 21. That's that. I just want to reiterate, I want to reiterate how passionate you were last Saturday morning about finding a Jacksonville state money line. You're like the, the points. It's not enough. I want the money line. (laughs) I turned it on for the first time. It was 14 up to Jacksonville State. I was like, I yelled. I was like, I, yeah, yeah, I was like, that motherfucker knew it. <laughs> Zara Cooper, Clemson. Um, yeah, so, yeah, go Anyone else want to go ahead? Notre Dame's not that good. Florida State's really, really bad. So, lay the 21. I think, I mean, you can only go one way or else you got to stay away. Um, man, I, I, I'm trying to do the language in my head and cause the words are so similar. I know I'm going to screw it up, but this game should be called the, uh, COVID's versus convicts. COVID's first. That's actually, wow, that's pretty good Tom. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Florida State lost to Miami by about 100, and then they just had an issue with the FCS squad at home in Tallahassee, losing in the third quarter. So I don't think they're making any progress here. Dan, did you watch any of that game? Uh, You know, what was the moment where Norvell turned to his team and gave him a passionate speech about like, you know, I know Jacksonville State's one of the best teams in the state, but you got to dig down deep. You know, you're Florida state. You got legacy and history, Charlie Ward, Peter Warwick, Bolden, Chris Winkie, Jameis, Jameis, dig down in your heart and find, find yourself and come out and beat beat this Jacksonville state team by 17. (laughs) Do not cover, but beat them. Do not cover, but, but easily win by, you know, 17. I don't know. It's not good. Anyway, we're, we're all in agreement here. All right, that's it. We're going to the game of the week. Tom, you ready? Can we can we just pause for a second on Florida State? Like, uh, Ryan, you love Mike Norvell. I think we all like Mark, Mike Norvell. Like, is he doing something wrong, or is this just, just an unsalvageable situation? Uh, it's unsalvageable. Is, and- could could anyone come in and turn this around? Like Nick Saban, what, what would he do? 
I mean, yeah, there are probably a few guys that could turn it around. Uh, there's a certain guy who won titles in Gainesville, Florida, that probably knows recruiting down there. Um, could probably get like some kind of ridiculous deal. Uh, but there's a very, very small list of people who can revive that program. It needs to be gutted. Like Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott style, just after Rex Ryan, just gut it. That's the only way. I thought for for a second, I thought you were talking about Spurrier. It took me a minute to, to oh. dawn on me. It was the other guy. I'm like, Spurrier, I do love him, but he's, fellas, I'm 92 years old. I can't be out there coaching. No, I was talking about from your favorite team, the Buckeyes. Yeah, it, it dawned on me after a while. They'll always be the Jim Trestle Buckeyes to me. Oh, God, sweater. Damn sweater. All right, game of the week. Miami at Clemson. Clemson minus 14. Total 61 and a half. Z, these were my two favorite quarterbacks going into last year. I feel like a proud father this year, knowing that. Yeah, Dan. I mean, this is like this is son versus son. This is like when Kirk Herbstreet has to watch Ohio State versus Clemson. If you listen back on this podcast, you will hear good things about Trevor Lawrence and Derek King. Well, before most people, I will say, um, this is a really tough game. Clemson has nothing to play for out except for just winning the game. It's the same story for them. I don't know if they really feel like coming out and trying to kill somebody, if it's a statement game, all this stuff. Miami, at the same time, is playing great. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Uh, King's great. He's, he had 52 touchdowns for Houston and missed four games. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, I cannot take Miami in the points against Clemson. I don't know if Miami's ready for this. I would feel like a fool if it's 28, nothing at half. Therefore I'm hoping for a fun game. I'm going to cook out on the grill and bet the over 61 and a half. Hope for a lot of points. Travis Etienne, long runs, Derek King breaking a couple off. Yeah. Try 61 and a half. That's the key right there, Dan. Travis Etienne will be the difference in this game. Uh, this is a game where if you're a prop better, go ahead and just bet a lot of ATN props. I think they're going to give a very, very healthy dose of him, uh, catching the ball and running the ball, but especially catching the ball. Um, I think Miami's as typical Miami has great linebackers. So, but if you can get ETN into space, get him, you know, moving around, getting him going full speed before he even gets the ball. He is an absolute problem, even for Miami's athletes. Uh, their linebackers can hit, but they cannot run with him. So that's, I think, going to be the biggest difference in the game. I don't think it's going to be the, the Trev versus King. I think this is going to be the ETN uh, reminding everyone that he actually might be the best player in college football, like overall. So, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree with both of you. This is – um. I'm staring at the X-Files poster that I dropped back on the floor. And like, uh, I think it's appropriate. Cause this is like the, I want to believe game. Like after all that Miami's done early this season, like I want to believe that they're going to come out and like hang tight with Clemson and, 
Uh, King's just going to play out of this world and it's going to be like down to the wire. But my years and years of experience tell me that, you know, even though Miami's improved, they're not on the same level as Clemson and that even if it comes as sort of a backdoor cover or fourth quarter cover, um, I think the game might be tight around halftime and maybe you want to take Miami on a first half bet, but I think Clemson gets the job done. Um, ETN is, has been awesome. This Clemson team might not be as good as the last couple of years, but Trevor Lawrence somehow has gotten even better. I mean, this guy is throwing ropes from like 60 yards and putting it like, you know, right in the basket. Like it, it's amazing to watch. And he's, he is just looking like maybe the best college quarterback I've ever seen. And I don't, if you're the Vikings, the jets, et cetera, like, I don't know how, you just don't tank like normally I'm not in favor of tanking, but I think this is one of the very rare exceptions where like, you're kind of a fool if you're not actively going after this guy. I mean, if you know, assuming you really don't have a shot, um, outside of like eight teams or six teams in the NFL, everyone else should be trying to go winless. Like there's, I mean, it's really that simple. Like if you put him on like 12 different teams next year, they're like all playoff teams all of a sudden. Right, which like, is why the Pats, me. why the Pats getting Cam Newton is the greatest thing that ever happened to us as Bills fans, because Thank that God. team without Cam Newton would be awful. Yeah. And that's what I thought it was Bill Belichick's evil master plan, and it would have been a great one. Them with Lawrence, I can check out for the next twenty years. You know, I'll be <laughs> yeah. my kid will be graduating college. Like he actually might be the next Patriots quarterback. We gotta have those New York Jets scrape together four wins, though. You, you don't want to see Trev twice a year. Yeah, no, but yeah, the Jets, if anyone can fuck up his entire career, it's the Jets. Those New York teams. That's also true. Jesus Christ. We didn't even talk about what the Giants did to my man Saquon. They're ruining him. But Trevor and Saquon has a nice little ring to it. Saquon yeah, it Saquon should seriously get the fuck out of there. Like, I don't know. How, I don't know. No, he should tell the team that... He's sitting out the entire year and they should all tank and get Trevor Lawrence and get Mr. Jones out of there. Now, if the, if the giants, now that makes a lot of sense. Actually, if the giants would tank Daniel Jones, you know, he could have a nice, wonderful life somewhere, you know, uh, working, you know, playing three more years in Indianapolis and then working at the like Gary, Indiana Kia dealership being like, hi, I'm Daniel Jones. Well, Who's the best quarterback in that division next year? If it's Trev Lawrence, Dwayne Haskins, Carson Wentz, and or Jalen Hurts, and maybe Dak Prescott if they decide to pay him $185 million a season. Trev. Yeah, Trev's Trev is, Trev is the best one. by week three. And for, first off, if, he's the best right now. Right for now, he gets in the division. You can take him and, and just fly him to an NFL stadium on Sunday and plug his ass in for twenty-three different dudes, and they win. Like, uh, okay, um, Matt Stafford, we've had enough of you jerking around for the last ten years. Get Trev in there. They're boom, went thirty-four ten. Oh, Trev in a dome. Yeah, the hammer like Matt Matt Ryan still playing, right? I mean, there's some guys who it's like Stafford's the best example where I every once in a while I you know the Lions come on like a highlight and I'm like that guy's still playing. Yeah, I mean, I get he's still in the league, but how's he still starting? Oh, also very nice to see uh, a few minutes of Jalen Hurts the other day. Feel good for that guy. 
He's going to be starting in like a week or two, so. He's going to win the division at 6-9-1 and be named starter next year. Jalen Hurts is going to be, yeah, he's going to be, uh, he's going to have a championship ring and he's going to be, have like a playoff win. And yeah. we're just going to be like, I, I don't get it. He can't throw, but I feel good every time I see him win. All right, everybody, that's our show for tonight. Thank you for listening, and we will be back next week. We may have a bonus episode for you in the next few days, depending on how it turns out. Uh, If not, we will see you next week for the regular show. Take care. Good night.